0: Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where, where you will get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. Boys,
1: fly,
0: boys, so cool. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha.
2: And we are back for episode 82.
1: Pilot Boys in the building. How are you feeling, man?
2: Dude, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good.
1: That's good. That's good. How about That's always you? Always good when you're in a good mood. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good, balanced. Staying balanced. Present. Staying present. <laughs> I'm gassed up today. That's <laughs> how I feel. Well, let's 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 see how you carry this load, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can help solve this uh, this uh, oil supply shortage.
2: No, no, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you know, there is someone who solved it. His name's Elon. <laughs> but we all hate him right now. I think.
1: <laughs> uh so man
2: man so let's sure start if he, i'm not sure
1: if he likes himself sometimes you know honestly.
2: hey i'm yeah. not sure if a lot of people like themselves sometimes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah let's start with the other uh the other billionaire who's made headlines in last week it's just like you can't be successful for too long in america
1: you will fall yeah it was <laughs> a nice run that's the way i look at it with bill gates it was a nice run right like he uh, he made it this long without his uh keeping his personal life uh, very protected you know most of his criticism always had to do with his his business practices but um now with the at the tender young age of 65 uh some past hi- issues are coming to light um and it's 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 unfortunate when these things come out in the public domain because This story specifically, it seems like it was something that everybody who needed to know was aware of. It wasn't like this was breaking news. So I always ask, why is this our business? You know what I mean? Because it has nothing to do with his impact on us personally. Yeah. But we all care so much. It's clear. It seems fairly clear that Melinda was aware of it. They dealt with it internally. I'm not making a, a judgment on right or wrong. Obviously, here, but you know, it's 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 just unfortunate, um, and and you know, it it, ma- it makes me think of the larger thing, which is does power just corrupt everyone? You Dude, know, that's exactly what, in some, exactly way, what, shape, in some way, shape, or form.
2: That's what I was thinking too. Is like, am, is the fact that you're not corrupted is that like evidence that you'll never be? like the most powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I ask Is,
1: that question myself all the time.
2: Yeah, do you have to be a, you know, do you have to break some rules in terms of how you treat people and treat people poorly? Does that have to be in your personality to become successful in this country and in this world?
1: Yeah, and you know, th- this thing particularly, like I think um it comes from a couple of things like I think with Bill Gates and somebody like him specifically who who probably wasn't like socially necessarily as bright as he was from a te- technical standpoint, you yeah, know, like through that. he's probably spent a lot of time being socially awkward. Right. And so when you do get power and money, it's not that he didn't want to be liked or didn't want to have strong personal relationships. He probably just was the nerd, you know what I mean? And we know how brutal kids are, especially in adolescent years when they go through that, when we go through that phase of like going from really being kids, kids are brutal. But then also when you go into adulthood, I'm guessing, I'm just reading into this in some of these situations. It's like once he became the CEO of Microsoft, suddenly he had those opportunities that he probably wanted before but just didn't get because that's not where his personality type led him. I don't know if that's that's a way to look at some of this, but you know, also like like you said, the 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 power corrupting thing. It's just like the temptation that we all have, and I think we'll get into this deeper in the deep dive to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Seems far greater than the 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 resistance to it.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting, you know, I, I think about this tech personality. It's something I relate to a lot because I felt I felt like the nerd growing up, right? But yep. I also, I mean, nerds are supposed to be smart. So using, you know, my brain actually was more analytical to observe social norms and and get a sense of how to fit in and how to make friends. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I feel like when I meet people who... I find to be like, yeah, you, you meet, if you're in tech, you meet a lot of people that are pretty creepy around, you know, I don't, I don't even need to say the opposite gender, but around romantic interests. And, uh, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of creepy, man. It's like, it's like a level of entitlement over other people's bodies. You know what I mean? Almost treating them like objects or, or as, as things. And I think, you know, I, I was lucky because while I was nerdy, I also, grew up to be tall athletic well built. you know i I have a lot of things going for me and uh you you look at like a lot of these guys who just purely you know go after money and success and like bill gates had this reputation of just being this you know terrible terrible person while he was running microsoft like he was he was a savage like they had a huge antitrust case against him if you if you've never you know heard about this i encourage you to look at the history of microsoft but I mean, he was a devious, devious CEO. And it's like those personalities definitely come with the other side of it, which is how you treat people in your personal life. You can't, it's not like people show up to work. You just turn it off. Yeah. You're you're either a savage to everybody or to nobody. Yeah. And it's far better to just be kind to everybody than it is to try and be an aggressive business person. And part of that's also this Wall Street kind of glorified culture that was happening when Microsoft was on its ascent. So um kind of the other side of it, but man, I don't know. I think like, it's just in general whack when, when you're not able to have meaningful, you know, mutual, mutually desired interactions with your romantic interests. I just think like, you got to look in the mirror and, and get better at it. Not a lot of people do. They like to blame the other person.
1: Yeah. And the, the entitlement, right? Like also comes with when you gain a certain amount of power, you feel like you control the world and you're allowed to, it's, it's the same thing that happens to dictators, right? Like yeah. In, in politics, they lose sight of of right and wrong because everything should be responsive to to what they want at that particular moment. And I think the other part of this that's always interesting and fascinating to me is this like process. You talk about what Bill Gates, how he was when he was the CEO of Microsoft, and it wasn't he was a savage you know that's it's very clear and it's it's so fascinating to see so many of these guys like him right like they get rich powerful wealthy and suddenly a light goes on i don't know if it's the guilt from the years of them doing like shady shit but suddenly he's out here starts this foundation and he's like i'm going to give all my money away for good causes and it's like are you does that does it matter that that isn't coming from a genuine place does yeah. that impact the impact impact the actual good that's being done or do we just separate the two because it's clear that this is some sort of like fix people find religion they try to find charity and it always happens after they get this like enormous amount of wealth or success that that gets activated in them it's it's if you're altruistic generally that shows in your personality before you're rich
2: You know, what I mean, I would say the other side of it, too, is like philanthropy for a lot is another form of power because it's in in, it's like applying your worldview on how people should live to others. Right. It's the same way. You know, Christians are very guilty of this and how they've gone around to all of these countries around the world and, um, you know, forced the religion onto people to also, you know, you need your town better. Well, okay, become Christian. And then God will save you. Really, like, if you don't convert, we're not going to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's kind of how I think of a lot of billionaire philanthropy. Like Gates has a high success rate compared to most billionaires. He's he's actually been highly effective. So you can't take anything away from from the man in terms of his accomplishments. But I wonder if the in the mindset, it comes from this power dynamic of, hey, I want to I'm the most powerful in my country. I I think I'm the most powerful in the world. Let me mold the world into how I feel it should be built.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's definitely interesting and you know, you don't you don't necessarily want people regardless of what their their issues are to have to like deal with this stuff like he is going through a divorce. You know, it isn't our business, but I think it is an important social study in the sense that he is a pillar of success and sometimes studying these people and understanding, you know, their strengths and weaknesses can help you kind of say, okay, I'm not going to just say, use him as example, but like, you know, models of behavior, like how can I not do this? Or if, if, yeah. if or, it, or the opposite, if you are an asshole, like you probably are like, you probably admire some of these asshole characteristics in some of these guys. That's why Donald Trump is so popular, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, straight up, you know, it's, it's pretty goofy. I mean, I think all of us have our flaws too. So it's not even like we can pass judgment on these guys because we probably do it just as bad. We'd probably do it worse, you know? (laughs) So yeah. And you
1: don't know until you've been walked in those shoes, right? Yeah. How you're going to respond to certain things because it's always like, I know certain times when I've certain things have happened in my life, I start feeling myself. And until I check myself, you know, and 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 recognize that then it could get worse not
2: yeah. better you know i'll say you know the the nice thing about the context is like he didn't drug anybody or rape anybody at as least I what as, I read, as far from as what i know. read yeah but
1: there's 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 a lot going on with his relation his relationship with our our uh the savage who committed who committed suicide right Epstein. oh
2: i did i did see that yeah yeah, and that's you know that's a whole another can of worms we don't need to get yeah, into. Exactly. But, yeah. Anyway, let's let's leave <laughs> Billy G alone and we'll yeah. move on to the. Uh, I would
1: rather not find out anymore. Anymore, I, I assume. Yeah. That there's more, but I don't want to know about it.
2: Honestly. No, and to be honest, like I don't really care. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's there's nothing about that information that's going to change how I operate day to day. I'm still going to follow my values and moral code. Exactly yeah
1: exactly that's all you can do
2: so uh let's get into let's get into some fun stuff the n b a playoffs are here
1: dude, yeah, that was fast. it did feel kind of fast,
2: yeah did you watch a lot of games this season?
1: nah, I watched some right yeah. like I don't get yeah. in At this point in my life, I really really don't have the time to engage like I used to, and then also social media and 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 highlight highlight um culture helps me stay in tune um yeah. but i'll catch a game or a quarter here and there um or if i'm watching tv and it's on i'll watch it but haven't haven't keyed in like i normally do but come playoff time that's when i really get into the nba because the truth is the the nba playoffs are essentially another season they're like three yeah. months long you yeah. know what i mean so they it's are. like you gotta you gotta be ready you know there's been a lot of uh controversy around this play-in format i really yeah. enjoy it i think it's amazing and i think they set it up really well and it's yeah it's fairly there's just so many fascinating storylines right like you yeah. got the jazz and the suns as the one in two seeds in the west over the lakers and the clippers who everyone kind of had as like the teams to beat and the lakers might not even make the playoffs right <laughs> <laughs> they go they'll, they'll
2: probably make they'll prob- it. You know? They'll probably have two chances. Yeah. You know,
1: they gotta go 0 and 2 not to make it. Yeah. Um, but I would not be surprised. I think Steph Curry and Golden State in this first game. Um I would not be surprised if they gave them a really competitive game.
2: So is this play in just one game?
1: So how it works is it's the seven and eight seeds play mm-hmm. and the nine and ten seeds play, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the winner of the seven and eight seed automatically advances. To the seven seed spot. To the seven seed spot. Then the eighth seed is gets another chance to play the winner of the nine and ten seed game. And whoever wins that game lands the eighth spot. It's pretty cool, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's awesome because you have a better chance of actually getting yourself in the playoffs. But is that it's one game that decides your your spot there, right, V? Yeah,
1: it's one game. Two games if if you are a seven or eight seed. And you one lose. game. Yeah. One game if you're, you know.
2: You know, that's pretty it's pretty wild, honestly. It's like adding two two games onto the end of the season if you're in the bottom, you know, bottom of the standings on either side. Yeah. Um but honestly it's it's exciting as a fan because the stakes are higher early in the playoffs. And I think that they probably didn't have a lot of first round viewership. So this will probably help with that.
1: Yeah and it also helps the bottom from going out, right? Like by mm-hmm. this time you typically know the teams that are 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 going to make the playoffs or not. And then you start seeing teams rest players, do stuff to start positioning themselves for the draft and stuff like that. I think it yep. also helps keep the competitive uh aspect of the game uh going later in the season, right? Like Yeah. If, if you're at the bottom, you should have you should have somebody on your heels trying to get there.
2: Dude, yeah. it's also amazing what Steph Curry's done with this Warriors team just shouldering the crap out of the the whole team and just putting up points to get them into the situation,
1: yeah. It's not just that. It's also like how that team um how they've adjusted, yeah, when they made yeah. the trade for Andrew Wiggins. They were like he's he's ho- essentially hopeless, but he's turned into. <laughs> A very reliable player, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens when Clay comes back. If Steph's leading the league in in points, being the primary focus of every team that comes in because they don't really have another strong offensive threat. Imagine what's going to happen when Clay comes back in the split floor space. Not just for Steph, True. but also for Clay.
2: True. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a huge impact. Is he coming back this season at all?
1: Uh, maybe if they make a deep playoff run. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, you I know, didn't.
2: I didn't see anything about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know the storyline with the Wizards is fascinating too, right? Like how they, oh yeah, how they went from like <laughs> nowhere and everybody talking about Russell Westbrook is washed, Bradley Beal is going to be traded, to now nobody in the East wanting to play them in the first round of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, yeah and by by the way, I just you know i I have to say this the nine seed in the west has a better record than the seven seed in the east,
1: yeah, just yeah, that might be something they eventually have to address
2: seriously, yeah. man <laughs> yeah.
1: it, it, it is something that they may have to may have to figure out the conference conference situation is tough, but I think a lot of it also has to do with it being. Geographically easier and logistically easier to have that separation in the playoffs, you know, right? It's like teams are going cross country to play each other um, in the first round of the playoffs. It it might be a little bit more challenging,
2: totally. And I also have to say, did you see that play with Brooklyn that like amazing ball movement on the fast break transition? Yeah,
1: what Blake did, Blake Griffin was Blake
2: Griffin throws it behind his back without looking like a spin move almost. Off of a rebound and just one smooth motion, ball gets to Kyrie, who passes it. They pass yeah. again off the backboard. Katie dunks it. I mean, why?
1: I mean, the, <laughs> the truth <laughs> is that if two of those three guys bring it every night in the playoffs, nobody is beating them. No, yeah, it's I, not. I, it's not. It's not fair. <laughs> it's just not yeah. fair to have. three three guys that at that level these are three of the top 5 to 6 players in the entire NBA.
2: Absolutely. All, all on
1: one team. So it's really they control their destiny. Whether, Absolutely. I don't I don't really see anyone either conference beating them, but I think you know, they're they're top heavy. The top 3 teams in the East are all really really good. Miami seems to have fallen off. I don't see them as a contender. Yeah. Um but I I definitely see um philly brooklyn and milwaukee kind of being the cream of the crop and i think um milwaukee and brooklyn are, are likely going to have to pay play each other in the second round of the playoffs so and then
2: they'll have to play yeah and then they'll probably have to play philly, play philly. Yeah, yeah
1: so that's going to be interesting out west i don't know what to think i don't know
2: do the west know, is all over the place because ad was out a lot of the season lebron was out a lot of the season you know what i mean so the lakers slid deep
1: yeah I mean, and the Clippers are the fourth seed, I think.
2: Yeah. You've got your defending champs at the seven. You've got your defending Western Conference, you know, opponent, finals opponent at the four. Utah, out of nowhere, is at the, well, not really out of nowhere, but kind of out of nowhere, is at the one, right? Yep.
1: And Phoenix.
2: Phoenix Phoenix is is falling out.
1: That's just the Chris Paul effect, right?
2: <laughs> That's Chris Paul being an amazing ball handler and distributor, and helping raise the level of all all of his teammates.
1: And then also having a second superstar like Devin Booker doesn't.
2: Devin he? Booker is the truth.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that Mamba mentality too. Which yeah. Is
2: cool. Speaking of Mamba, you know, beautiful induction into the Hall of Fame. It was nice to see Vanessa speak.
1: Yeah, um, and the whole class, right? Like yeah. listening. I was scrolling through the tv on saturday sitting on the couch um and i just i didn't know it was on but i i I happened to flip to it when tim duncan was giving his speech and it just it just is amazing the story of how he even discovered basketball to go from being a kid who was a swimmer who thought he was going to be an olympic swimmer hurricane hitting ruining his pool that he practiced at Forcing him and his family to find a basketball and basketball court to, and, and turning into a Hall of Famer. It's just such an amazing story, right? Man. Um, in addition to obviously um, Kobe deserving this and KG, you couldn't think about a, a, a. It's hard to say there have been too many classes um, that have been quite as good as this one. Yeah. Three unique, I mean, there are three unique personalities um, that all had an important impact on the game.
2: Yeah, all three were top five ever in their positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty uh, honestly, you could you could argue top three. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep, yeah. So yeah, pretty impressive roster.
1: Very impressive.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I I want to take this right into my boy's album. Oh, J Cole dropped you. the offseason on Friday. I Thursday at nine p.m. I had a small listening event at my house and it nice. was nuts. This album was nuts, man. I mean, you know, I've I've never seen a more complete body of work from J. Cole, and what I appreciated was that he broke form in terms of what we're used to as an audience from him, and gave us, you know, like, each, each song is just a completely different version of him performing on the beat. Just a totally different flow, different cadence, different vocal tone, different even just like melodies and his singing got way better on this one. Uh, the features were brilliant. You know, when Lil baby hopped on, I lost my mind. Uh, the beat selection was impeccable and he had great producers on there as well. So he was very collaborative with, with this, which he hasn't done in the past. So, you know, for me, it was, it was nothing short of just you know, one of the best projects I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. And for me, it's a throwback, right? Like right from the first track, it took me back into the diplomats era, which was a great yeah. era of music. But uh, the second part of it is, I feel like the idea of an album, and, and I come from a, I come from an era where everything was album centric. When people put out a body of work, they really thought about and put intention into that body of work. Mm. And it's very, it was very difficult to come up with multiple bodies of work. That we're successful today. We live in, in an era where it's it's all about volume, right? Yeah. Like, just keep putting music out. Keep putting. You got keep people's attention. And for me, I you know, not to say I'm an old head, I am J Cole, J Cole era guy, J Cole era guy. But I really appreciated that, right? Yeah. Because, and I appreciate the fact that there is a current audience of music listeners that appreciates that for the same reason I do. Um, and that's, that's, that's really my takeaway from J Cole. And also just the idea that if you do something with intention, you work hard, you take time with it, the product and the results you get will show. And I think that that's a good lesson for some of these really young, talented artists that just become dependent on their flow, their talent, and don't, Think about why they're doing the music itself. And it, it yeah. shows in their music as it dwindles because it becomes incoherent, right? It's good to yeah. hear. It's good to listen to, but what are you listening to?
2: Yeah. Plus I, I got to say sonically on that first track with Cameron and then with the, uh, little John's sh- shouting in that, the ending. That portion, was just a
1: brilliantly, ooh. Yeah. Br- brilliantly structured and organized song.
2: You know, so- also observing like the Gen Z reaction to it, right? Because hip hop today has a totally different meaning than it used to. I felt like Cole really got into the roots of hip hop. Like that song close the second to last song, brilliant writing, extremely well put together. It was lyrically a masterpiece and it was great storytelling as well. And that's like what he does so well. And hearing that and hearing that first track and then like looking online and also watching people I know that are younger listening to this. What was funny to me is that it's almost like the roots of hip hop are absent from the minds of like the youngest listeners today. Yeah, they, they like don't realize what it came from. And I know for guys like you and I, V, like obviously we didn't grow up in the streets, but you and I have had a, a more street crossover in our lives than most people. Yeah. In terms of what our circles have been, the scenes we've ended up in, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I just really freaking love that about J. Cole. Like, he doesn't let you forget what it was like where he grew up and what that showed him about the world. And and it it's a visceral kind of raw energy that you you just don't like. Obviously, the new rappers have their own version of it, but it's different.
1: It's not the thing that I love about him when it comes to that is he makes it very clear that the decision wasn't the decisions that he made were not easy ones that he had to always make a choice to go this way versus going that way. Even though the rewards for going the other way in everybody within everyone around him was very difficult. And I think a lot of us go through that. Right. Um, And I think that that's, that's where his brilliance lies is that he's very comfortable in who he is as an individual. And he's able to articulate that to others and inspire others to kind of follow that mold and, and reach for their dreams and, and, and go hard and do things in a legit fashion. And I think that's just, that's, that's what we, we get excited for and still communicates it in a way that's cool. And isn't, isn't, isn't like, who's this guy preaching to me?
2: Yeah. You, you walked away from that album with some genuine takeaways of like, you know, building for the long term, like doing it the right way, not rushing the problem. Like a lot of like really genuine, like great pieces of advice and ways to look at the world that, you know, that's, you're right. That's a J. Cole signature thing is you walk away with some, with some knowledge, but he delivered it in a format that I've never seen that kind of knowledge delivered before.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, Amazing album, amazing album.
2: Well done, dude. (laughs) So you want to talk about Mississippi?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess uh, this came across my timeline, essentially. And it's it's always funny when I see these things where they say, you know, government operates at the will of the people. So there was a ballot initiative um, this past election in Mississippi for medical marijuana legalization. It passed with a 60% rate. Everybody in Mississippi government, um, mostly GOP, local and 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 state government, were personally opposed to this, and they found like some technicality. Um, it's complicated. I don't want to go into the details. They found some, <laughs> they found some technicality, and basically they are not following the will of the people. And the and marijuana, despite it being voted on and passed, will not be seeing, uh, the light of day in Mississippi.
2: That's, it's goofy, man. You know, if, if you live in the South, like, and you have any sort of desire to, you know, move around more accepting people, if you will, yep. get out the South.
1: It ain't worth it. It definitely isn't, man. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a rough place. There are, there are pockets and cities in the South, but if you if you've got to travel outside of like the city limits and major city limits anywhere in the south, you just realize that it's a completely different world out there. Um, that probably going to make you pretty uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, straight up. You know, um, on another note of what uh, what the people had asked for, there was this ruling last year with uh, or some provision stuck into a COVID bill that the Pentagon would. Um, release everything that they knew about UFOs. Yeah. So you know, hence the last year we've been getting all this UFO news. Well, we got a great article yesterday that I sent uh, sent over to V about UFOs and uh, apparently, every single day somebody is seeing a UFO who's part of the US military every single day they're flying in and the explanations for this have been essentially people saying, there's no way an aircraft can move in those ways if it's if there's somebody in it it's not moving in a way that makes sense and it it can change directions at crazy speeds stop start and there's all these different ones that have been seen and like one of the military officials said his assessment was that it all these ufo's were essentially data, data gathering on us to assess you know our threat level
1: yeah I mean, I think (laughs) you and I are on the same page when it comes to this stuff. We know we are not alone out here, you know, call us conspiracy theorists or not. It's just the logic points to the fact that we are not alone. Right. And I think there's a sense of fear, I think, that's been developed in people of being scared of that. Right. I don't live in fear of that. I don't think you live in fear of that. Um but it is interesting to really know how much of this stuff is kind of like brushed under the rug yeah until it's forced to come out they're saying that they see them every day every day so <laughs> and, it's
2: so goofy because everyone's like in the article even they were like first thing we did is we checked if it was foreign it's not yeah. foreign yeah checked if it was us it's not us <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know it's funny because All I read on the comments are like people, you know, oh, yeah, but it's probably it's probably this, probably this, probably this. And it's just like, what is so scary about the idea of other intelligent life being here?
1: That's what I don't understand. I mean, I do think one thing that the reason that the government is scared is because if you read the article and you see how much more technologically advanced they are than us. Yep that has to be pretty scary to especially as the u.s military um that is that is what we hang our hat on right we fear no one yeah the fact that there are these these things out here that clearly are more advanced than anything that we've ever seen and will probably ever see in the span of a few lifetimes yeah i think that's what intimidates it from a government perspective but i think the propaganda of fear around it is disseminated to the masses because of that fear
2: yeah yeah i totally agree man you know such a such a weird weird thing but i am glad to see a lot more ufo news out i think you know as as guys who see the world how we do it's just a matter of time before you know one of us has contact with some sort of alien species and then we'll see what happens you know what i mean
1: Eventually we'll break it live on the podcast. The part that is an alien
2: or we'll have a guest alien on the podcast. Oh, that would be great. That'd that would be, be, be sick. <laughs> Unless they don't speak English, in which case, you know, Google,
1: Google will come up with a translator. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs>
2: so, you know, keep an eye out for that. 2024.
1: Let's
2: do it. <laughs> um, Chick-fil-A is in a sauce crisis. It's running out of the sauce. Oh, um, <laughs>
1: This is depressing.
2: People love Chick-fil-A sauce.
1: People love Chick-fil-A. And I am a Chick-fil-A lover. I actually just went before uh, we started the podcast.
2: Fuck, dude. You're going to make me get it.
1: (laughs) And I always order on the mobile app so that I can just go and get it and not wait into the line. Right. So today I go and I'm, I'm filling in my thing. And the thing that I love is when you order a meal, You typically can get uh, two of multiple sauces with your nuggets or your sandwich and multiple sauces with your fries. So I always get the Chick-fil-A sauce for my nuggets, the Polynesian sauce for my fries. That is the staple. That is the best way to eat Chick-fil-A. Today, I had to make an executive decision because they only were letting me get one sauce with my 12 count nuggets and one sauce isn't enough. That's it. Yep. One sauce and only one sauce with my fries. So I was only able to get two sauces total, but now I don't feel as badly for what I've been doing the past couple of years, which is every time I go to Chick-fil-A, I hoard some sauce. So I've (laughs) I've got a backup plan. So I'm thinking if my bank account dwindles anymore, might start an eBay site and just sell Chick Fil really <laughs> A sauce. Shortage out here. <laughs> Honestly,
2: dude, you should you should put some up on eBay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got a, I've got a few few packs sitting around here. Man, that's fantastic. Um, so Hopefully they fix the problem soon because this could be a real crisis for them. Uh, yeah, if, seriously. If they run out of sauce. Seriously, it's
2: it's one of their big calling cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put a pause on the news and notes for a second. Uh, we're going to run to a couple quick messages about our Patreon, a little bit on Lasso. And we will be back with a deep dive. And uh, the topic is, there isn't a reward for doing the right thing.
0: Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys podcast.
2: Hey, guys, this is Partha. You might know me as a pilot boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. Lasso is a high-performance lifestyle brand that makes the Lasso Sock 2.0, the most functional sock ever to help you stay moving on any adventure you choose. Lasso uses patented compression technology with scientifically proven ankle stability to support key ligaments and tendons as well as moisture-wicking materials and built-in strike padding, so every single step is stable, soft, and cool. Lasso socks are also used to treat foot and ankle conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, ankle soreness, circulation issues, and more. Check them out at lassogear.com or at lassogear on social media.
0: Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. We're
1: going to get deep today, man. We're going to get deep. Um, I just get a sense that a lot of people kind of struggle with the idea of doing the right thing, people who try to do the right thing consistently in this world can go through a lot of frustrations because in a lot of ways, our financial system and our reward system benefits poor behavior more than it does good behavior, right? Um, And that that frustration can lead people down a, a, a deep, deep path of like mental depression, right? And they always say one of Robin Williams' favorite quotes that I have from him is that, you know, the people that you always see making everyone else happy are usually the people who are struggling the most internally with life because you really have to know how to turn the other cheek and and kind of rise above constantly, right? The bullshit that you're seeing around yeah. you. And then also, when you come up short, which we all do, come up short, oftentimes, people who have that kind of moral compass, they tend to take those things a lot more harshly and harder than people who just can move on and don't 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 think about that stuff that much. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, so that's that's kind of where the 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 thought came from. I was like, let's talk about it.
2: You know, I, I agree with, with the premise. It's interesting because it, it's even expecting a reward or expecting an outcome from an action is kind of a broken way to look at your life because the actions that you have are really just a byproduct of who you are and how you see the world and how your value system set up. The actions are, are you interacting with the world. So when you expect some sort of return that's you kind of assuming or making an assumption or setting an expectation on how the world works... And in general, you're going to be disappointed if you're setting expectations like that, because the world is a much more complicated, large place than than we would like to think it is. And it's not as simple as you were taught in school. It's not as simple as you were taught growing up. It's not just, you know, do do this, get that. It's not like study and then you'll you'll get a job. Right. Like a lot of people who go to college don't get jobs. It's Mm -hmm. not you know, work hard and you'll be okay because a lot of people who work hard never work smart, you know, so there's so many layers and so much nuance to how the world works. But the one thing that I think there is reward for when it comes to doing the right thing is how you treat people. I think that's the only category of life where there is reward is when you're constantly treating people as well as you possibly can and treating yourself as well as you possibly can. You know, that's the, the reward is in happiness when you live like that.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's, compl- it's a complex thing, right? Because it goes back to what we talk about consistently here, which is you have to actually process all of this information as you walk through life and you go through life in terms of even answering the question of who am I, what do I care about, what is my moral compass, what are my codes, what are my principles, that I live my life by, right? Yeah. Um and sometimes what what happens in life is you're forced to see certain things happen, right? Like you see bad behavior being rewarded. I see it a lot in business. And I know for oh, yeah. myself, I have had several opportunities where if I was willing to just, and, and there weren't necessarily victims, I would say, but just for going outside of my if I would have gone outside of my principles. I could have made millions, literally millions of dollars, right? Right. Um, And no one would be better for it. But I think the thing that happens for me personally is that when I've made mistakes or I've done something that I'm not proud of within my principles and who I hold myself to be, the punishment that comes with that is way worse internally for my mental health is way worse than than any reward financially that would come from that. And that's how I kind of reconcile that. It's not that yeah. I don't make mistakes, that I'm always perfect all the time. It's just that that's why I aspire to try to do the right thing from my perspective, of course, in, in how I move and how I operate, because I think that that's how like people who are struggling with this and they're dealing with this, um, and are trying to process it, that's kind of how you have to how you have to observe it. Just think about all the times that you've done something based on the reward that you didn't necessarily think was the right thing to do, how that made you feel. And when yeah. you got the financial reward, did it make you forget about how you felt? You know what yeah. I mean?
2: The other powerful note that kind of underscores this thought of a reward for the right thing, it's like the belief that, giving is tied to receiving
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: that's how we're conditioned growing up. Do good things. You'll get good things, right? Yeah. Our parents train us like, you know, do chores, you'll get allowance, whatever. Yeah. Those two things are not linked. And that's, that's like a pretty big revelation in life that the amount you give has nothing to do with the amount you receive. The amount you receive can be infinite. And it's more a function of how good you are at receiving things, which a lot of people struggle receiving, yeah. and then the flip side is with giving, you know how what do you give, what of yourself do you give and as you give more and more to the world, people understand who you are and you 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 know I think you build a deeper connection with other people
1: yeah. Yep. And to extend that, you know, the, the, the abundance mentality versus the scarcity mentality, right? Like you also have to reconcile and get through, especially in, if you live in a capitalist culture, right? Like that there, you are taught that there really is a limited supply of things. There's yeah. a limited amount of money. There's a limited amount of resources. There's a limited amount of food. That's why there are people out here starving. That is how society kind of stru- is structured and how you see the society you live in. And then you are forced to then analyze that and digest that. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And yeah. when you start thinking and ab- absorbing that scarcity mentality, that things are, really are limited, it makes it easier for you to justify bad behavior, survival of the fittest, Darwinism type behavior becomes justified even in, in situations that you didn't need to do, need to do it that way. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's the tricky thing about being an individual and, ha- and in a society like you said at the at the top of this conversation is how do you reconcile like being yourself, giving authentically and receiving authentically with all the problems that you see are being created? by people not behaving that way. And those problems also impacting you, your life and the people you care about, whether you're trying to, whether you're trying to do the right thing or not.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the challenge of it is just in general processing life, right? Like how to even react to things when they don't go exactly how you might have planned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's, there's no right answer which is what makes all of this so tough like you you have to really truly figure it out on your own mm-hmm. and that's you know that's part of how the world works but I think as an individual who's who's you know anyone who's looking to find growth or find success, I think it's about learning how to see when the universe is giving you something mm-hmm. like I see a lot of people who may Reject something because their parents are giving it to them, right? Mm -hmm. Or may reject something because their friend is hooking them up with an opportunity. And you never know where things will lead. You never know what each little stepping stone would be. But if you never take the journey because of your pride or because you want to do it by yourself or because of whatever reason you have, right? You can't ever get to the next step. And then you can be as nice as you want to people. You can give everything you have to the world, but if you're not able to receive what the world is giving to you, then you you're not actually going anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, and that's the problem, right? It's yeah. like you know, and and there's an extension of that too, which is in a in a when you operate and you're trying to operate in the world of business um, and consumption too. I would I would say kind of the flip to that is that. If you are constantly giving, people recognize givers, right? Yeah. And everybody is taking from you because you are a giver and they don't necessarily reconcile the fact that, hey, I might need to give them something too, right? A yeah. lot of times people who give a lot, there, a lot of assumptions are made about those people in terms of, in terms of how well they've got it together, right? Like someone who's constantly giving to others probably has their shit together, right? Yeah,
2: dude. Um, and even even if right, even if you don't have money to give, you have relationships you can yeah. you can help connect people with. You have there's like so many things to do. And I think like one of one of the things that happens in business that's a huge pet peeve for me is when people want compensation for doing just fundamental giving, right? Like yeah. there's value creation, but then there's also like what. It is to be human and like what it is to be a good person, and like basic fundamentals of how you treat other people, how much you help people that you know, even help people you don't know. There's a lot you can always do for people in terms of connecting dots, and you can be pretty mindful in terms of who you're connecting, how much bandwidth everyone has for each other, and whether it'll be a mutual value add. Like when you can create those situations, I just feel like it's your ethical responsibility to do so. And like people complicate the giving by like trying to make money every, you know, five seconds, they're yeah. doing something even remotely positive. And it's like, look, man, like that's just not how the world works. Like in general, it's it's just not going to get you where you want to go if you're trying to monetize or look for that reward for every little thing that you're helping people with. But if you just continue to do good things for people and separate that from what you receive. The rewards that come in are quite significant yeah they're just not linked to what you gave you 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 have
1: to be willing to see what the what what the rewards are like yeah that pet peeve that you have is is one of my biggest pet peeves and you know we've had these conversations about how certain industries that i've been in have jaded me and that's a big part of it right like i don't even like how i'm made to feel for not asking the question always what's in it for me right yeah like you know even like people who i have respect for who care about my best interests will say well v why don't you make it clear what you want out of situations because i i'm a fundamental believer in letting the world dictate what i receive right yeah if i give and someone chooses not to give give me a reward that's their decision, right? Oh yeah. And, and typically, for me, that that is a sign that that's not a person that I want to continue. I'm able to nip that relationship in the bud very quickly based on that, right? Yep. Um, There is a obviously a risk factor when you connect or use your 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 bandwidth, your network, your relationships to connect people, and they fuck them up. That happens too, right? Yeah, Uh, but that's where it has to come back to. Have you invested in that person for them to have an understanding of who you are? Right. Like, and and I think, you know, it, it sucks. That's what I mean by there's not really a reward for it all the time. And there are a lot of people who actually will take advantage of it. But there is something in terms of mental peace that I think can't be underestimated when you don't have to think about that all the time, like I like being surrounded by people who have abundance mentalities, and I'm separating, and I've separated from people who kind of think the opposite way, and I feel like my life is headed in a more positive direction as a result. And I learned the lesson, like all those frustrations I had about being a, 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 a doing the right thing and and not getting a reward came from what. The world was telling me what my reward was supposed to be.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the power of that, too, is once you let go of looking for the reward, the reward comes to you. Yeah. You know, yep. in much, much larger, significant ways than it would have if you were looking for it. Yeah. It does. Part of that is because you don't know what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Well, part of it is that we're told what to look for. Like, yeah. A lot of us are like being told, like, these are the things that matter. And they're supposed to be universal and they're not universal for everyone. Right now, like society makes someone feel guilty if they want to just work a regular job and make $15 an hour because they don't have enough ambition. They, they, they get on a, a, a couple for not a married couple for not having kids. They get on yep. a couple in a good, strong relationship for not being married. You know, like these are things that, society puts expectations on us for oh if you're a man you're supposed to be a provider what does a provider mean it means make as much money as you possibly can that's not all that being a provider is yeah you know what i mean yeah, straight up. so it's like we live in like these like generalities and, pl- and and large thoughts that just just aren't functional when you have this large of a population you they know? just
2: don't work anymore no 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 they don't <laughs> yeah. you know and to, to anyone out there that's building and you know chasing your dreams it's just keep keep on the right track keep being kind to people keep doing good things for others and it does find you just don't worry about it finding you you'll see it when you when you need to see it you'll see it
1: yep and along your journey you will find uh for all for all of the situations that happen that make you kind of may hurt your feelings the situations that they they that lead to positive outcomes um if you focus on those you'll really realize uh how much happiness um and misery uh, how much happiness you've gained and misery you've saved yourself from
2: yeah and you know it's it's like oh what do i spend my time on if i if i'm not supposed to worry about the result if i'm not supposed to be worried about all those little things it's like well you know, make some friends, you know spend some time with people you like to spend time with, and appreciate the fact that you're alive like don't worry about trying to make money all the time. Don't worry about trying to be successful all the time. just like be a happy, fulfilled person, and the rest comes
1: yep, and then you won't care how much is in your bank account or not yeah it won't exactly you, as much, you know
2: that's <laughs> the craziest freedom is when money doesn't mean anything anymore yep, that's a crazy freedom
1: it is, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling to have
2: yeah man well i think that brings us to the end of another episode this is 82 it's a good one v
1: yeah hope you guys are enjoying the content um appreciate the handful of people that reached out um on social media whether i got a couple dms a couple tweets uh this week on the the podcast page we appreciate keep those coming those let us know um if if we're heading in the right direction. And if you are receiving the content that we are giving you um, in a positive manner. With that said, um, remember to stay moving. Always be you because you is fly. Uh, Pilot boys out.